Physical activity, I would say, is probably the number one most important thing people with pulmonary fibrosis can focus on. That's Melissa from Canada, who lives with chronic hypersensitivity pneumonitis, sharing her top advice. Welcome to Journeys Through Pulmonary Fibrosis, a podcast by Boehringer Ingelheim. I'm Louis, and I'll be joining some extraordinary people affected by this rare condition as they take us along the unique path to diagnosis and beyond. Pulmonary fibrosis is a rare lung condition that leads to a decline in lung function. In many cases, it is progressive, and its course is also unpredictable, because sudden drops can accelerate the decline. For people affected, this has real-life consequences. That's why managing the condition is so important, both physically and mentally. As Melissa has just pointed out, maintaining physical activity is hugely significant. Let's hear from pulmonologist Letitia Kawano-Dorado as to why that is. Pulmonary fibrosis may make it more difficult for the oxygen to get from the lungs to the blood. And then when oxygen is less available, the tolerance to exercise may be reduced as a consequence. Since oxygen is the fuel for the exercise for your muscles, there is not too much room to increase blood flow circulating around your body. And that's another way that pulmonary fibrosis may limit physical activity. Last but not least, there's a vicious cycle of deconditioning. So because doing physical activity is hard, the patient just gives up on the idea of doing it. And that may lead the muscles to become thinner, weaker, and that adds up on this vicious cycle of deconditioning. Still, the expert clearly sees a benefit in being active. When you have pulmonary fibrosis, physical activity is still possible, but not only, it's also desirable. Although exercise training will not improve your lung function, it does improve your cardiovascular conditioning and the ability of your muscles to use oxygen in the best way possible. And that may decrease symptoms and shortness of breath. But what are the limits? There is not an evidence-based recommendation on the level of exercise. For example, some patients who are athletes may need to reduce their level of activity, but that may still be way above the average for many people. But I would say to avoid hypoxia on the exercise in order to avoid the negative consequences on the blood vessels related to hypoxia that may lead into pulmonary hypertension. Hypoxia is when oxygen is not available in sufficient amounts at the tissue level. But what can be done to prevent this? One way to learn that is to monitor the oximetry, so the peripheral oxygen saturation on exercise, that's a way you can then uh, know your limits to avoid hypoxia. Symptoms are not really good at it because 
the patient get adapted to hypoxia and not infrequently, the oxygen saturation is low and the patient is not reporting any symptoms, especially in milder situations. That's even more important, this monitoring in order to learn what is the level of physical activity that is, I would say, safe. Determining the safety limits usually involves a multidisciplinary team, or MDT for short. Rheumatologist Anna Maria Hoffman Vold explains. Many of our patients are actually afraid um, to be physical active once they receive their diagnosis. Patients feel unsure how active they actually can be. This is the role of us physicians, but also of an MDT, including physiotherapists and occupational therapists, um, to secure the patient to use their physical ability to be physically active. I very often here recommend a pulmonary rehabilitation quite early in the disease course after diagnosis to secure the patient and to let them test their limits together with um, an experienced team. Rehabilitation might be a familiar term, but let's explore what pulmonary rehabilitation means. Pulmonary rehabilitation is an education and exercise-driven program that helps improve pulmonary health and pulmonary function in people with pulmonary fibrosis, but uh, with other chronic lung diseases too. Pulmonary rehab offers substantial benefits in improving lung function, reducing symptoms, improving quality of life. It also helps you learn how to conserve your energy. And it is a great way to start exercising in a safe environment. I would say that pulmonary rehab empowers the patient to take care of themselves and therefore have some positive emotional impact too. Being a young mother, Melissa was almost talked out of pulmonary rehabilitation, but she makes a strong case as to why it is beneficial in general. I kind of asked my doctor through the years because I had heard so many good things about it. And the doctor sort of kept saying, you know, I don't know that it would really help you because you're so young and you're already pretty active and you have a lot of knowledge about your disease. I'm not sure it really would help you, but I did end up finally doing it. And it was also the the best thing ever. I really learned a lot about pacing myself and managing my symptoms. People might think um, pulmonary rehab is just going and doing exercise, and that's not it at all. You learn so much about different techniques for breathing, different techniques for coughing. They help you figure out how much oxygen you need doing different activities, um, because it's not always the same. It actually ended up being hugely helpful, and I still use all of those techniques that I learned in pulmonary rehab, even to this day. Edith Brown and Ron Fluitt, who both live in the UK, share Melissa's positive experience. I do do my breathing exercises every day. Pulmonary rehab, I think, is absolutely vital. And you can actually learn it from... um, from a video or you can learn it by watching a TV program or a website. But I think it's even better if you can actually speak directly to a person. Omni Rehab has helped me immensely. It's helped me realise my new limits. It's about protecting 
your other vital organs. It's about protecting your heart, your kidneys and liver because they need oxygen. And if your oxygen levels go too low because you're overexerting yourself, you know, that could be a problem. Let's go back to Melissa to learn how she feels about staying active. I almost treat it like my job. Maintaining physical activity is so, so important to keep yourself in the best possible shape um, for whatever your journey is going to bring for you. Keeping you in the best shape for needing a lung transplant, keeping you in the best shape to be able to go out and and walk and um, do the activities of daily living that you want to do. Being a mother certainly helped her stay fit. I'm pretty lucky because I have kids and certainly when they were younger, I didn't really need to try a whole lot to get physical activity, just you know, chasing after them and walking them to school. That was, that was enough. Uh, everyday life for most people with pulmonary fibrosis is physical activity. But you have to be conscious of your capabilities. So there's a balance between pushing yourself um, and, and also listening to your body when you're doing that physical activity that you're not pushing yourself too hard. You got to push yourself to be a little bit uncomfortable with that physical activity, um, but then also taking the breaks and, 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 and working with your doctor to make sure that what you're doing is safe. But it's the most important thing is being physically active. Edith lives with scleroderma and has developed her own routine to stay fit. It's important to get fresh air. I have the windows open even in the middle of the winter. And you can always put a jacket on, keep as much fresh air in your lungs as possible and get as much exercise as you can. I use my mobile phone that it tells me every hour that I've got to get up and do 250 steps, which is a minimum I do every hour, which is a bit, a bit nerdy, isn't it? But I think it is quite useful. I program the Alexa machine to give me um, to give reminders to do my exercise, to do my Pilates routine, and to do my aerobics routine. I think it's useful also to keep um, to keep a track of your diet to eat properly as well. Edith even involves her husband in monitoring her activity levels. My exercise tracker does track my sleep as well. And the information goes on my phone and my husband looks at my phone and tells me off that I've only had four and a half hours sleep or something. Sleep and relaxation is very important. Not just somebody with a chronic disease. It's everybody's responsibility to look after this very expensive machine called your body. But leading an active life isn't only for people with a chronic condition, as Edith reminds us. I do think that every every person has a responsibility. You've got a valuable machine here. It's called your body. I have got neighbours who have got very, very expensive cars and they, they, they look after them and they polish them and they value them and they tune them. And I think I wish they'd look after their bodies as well as they look after their cars. Ron used to be very active and sporty, but had to learn to slow down when he received his diagnosis of idiopathic pulmonary fibrosis, or IPF for short. I used to be competitive against other people. And I used to love competing. I used to love winning. I used to even enjoy losing to a certain extent. But IPF now, I compete against myself, if that makes sense. I can't get my heart rate up. I can't go running this. So... I have to realise that my activity levels are a lot lower than what they used to be. Still, he remains active within his new limits. Maintaining physical activity is most probably one of the hardest things 
you have to do. But what I have realised is I have to exercise within my limits. I love getting up at six o'clock, going for a ride, and it's got a beautiful sunny day. I'm thinking in my mind, this is helping my disease. This is keeping me fit. But also what I've got to bear in mind is don't overdo it. You know, don't go too fast. Don't let your oxygen levels drop too low. But I'm always monitoring my oxygen levels. And if my oxygen levels desaturate to below 90, I stop. So I'm not putting any pressure on any of my other organs. Ron is supported by his wife, Maxine, who also encourages him to stay on the move. I try to keep Ron being active as much as possible because I'm aware that the more active he is, the better it is for his lungs. We go walking. He enjoys exercising. He likes to go out on his bike. And don't get me wrong, I worry about it. It makes him tired. But it's important he does it. It's good for his mental health. It's good for him to feel he can still do things. Even little things like doing housework can make a difference. I try to find something to do every day. And if we haven't got anything to do that day, and it is what I'd call a rest day, then it's still about getting up and moving this, or I might say things like, oh, Ron, can you come and help me with this? Or I need to do this, or let's go and do that. Or I'm tired, can you do that? So sometimes I think they need encouragement because it's very easy just to sit on the sofa and think I'm breathless, I can't do it. Of course, such ambition should never overpower recovery and relaxation. It's important that you do allow them to rest when they are exhausted but I know when Ron's exhausted so I know when the time has come to say okay go and sit down enough's enough. It's also important to be aware of the frustration and mental challenges that come with adjusting to your new limits as Ron explains. I can't walk uphill or I can't walk up an incline anymore and I think anyone with pulmonary fibrosis realises that I live on the Lincolnshire Fens and it's flat and so I don't have to walk uphill but when on holiday and I tried walking up a couple of hills. And unfortunately, it was a no-go. So that's the biggest problem that I suffer, that having people say, let's go here. Oh, we can't because there's going up a hill. And that hurts. That really hurts, knowing that you can't do a simple thing like walking up a hill or a small incline without getting extremely breathless. Edith can relate to that. One of my favourite occupations was was cycling. I then had a couple of incidents where I couldn't grip the handlebars um, because of my sore fingers. Um, my fingers were just not not um, controlling the brakes or the handlebars. So I gave up cycling and I really, I miss it. However, it doesn't stop her from focusing on other activities. But there's lots I can do. I can still ski, which is quite surprising to some people but then skiing is not that difficult the hardest thing is walking around with your ski boots on and carrying your equipment that is the thing that I'm finding very very difficult because of my because of my breathing. Pulmonologist Letitia Kawano Dorado emphasizes that maintaining your mental well-being is just as significant as maintaining your physical well-being. One point that is very important in the management of patients with pulmonary fibrosis is to pay attention and care for their emotional needs and their mental health. So this is a super important topic that should not be overlooked 
One third of pulmonary fibrosis patients deal with anxiety in another big proportion with depressive symptoms. What's fortunate about it is that a range of resources are available from psychiatrist, consultation, psychotherapy, supports groups, physical exercise, breathing exercise to meditation. All of that is available to the, to the patients. It is important to help the patients on this journey to take care of the mental and emotional health. Maintaining good mental health also applies to family and loved ones. Maxine shares her advice on how to cope with this burden. The thing is that as this disease progresses, the loved one carer can not really go out and do things for themselves because it becomes more and more your job to be there. You can't leave them. As it progresses, you can leave them less and less. So you have to find things within the home that you can do to de-stress. To maintain my mental health and stability is one, keeping busy, one, finding plenty of things to do, albeit helping other people or, as I say, reading a lot, walking. I do a lot of Sudoku because that keeps my mind off of everything else because you have to concentrate on that. I do things that occupy my mind so I haven't got time to think about it. I love reading and I can lose myself in that. External resources can also be very helpful. I found the webinars that are done by different people extremely helpful because you're actually hearing things from other people. So I have found them quite invaluable, actually. There aren't that many brochures out aimed at carers, I have to say. They're all mainly about patients and what they can do to help themselves. Further support is also available via support groups. Liam Galvin from Ireland, who has lost his wife to pulmonary fibrosis, is now working as a patient advocate and encourages all those involved to join. Until you go to a support group, you don't know that there's ways that you can manage the disease. You can get handy tips. You learn about the latest research. You can try new things at support groups. You can learn new things. And above all, you find out from sharing experiences with other patients and carers and specialists who have lived with the disease. And certainly one thing you will get from the support group is the best way you can possibly live to manage your disease. Support groups are also a trustworthy source of information. Uh, support groups generally have printed materials that have been checked by experts, have been checked with patients and have been checked by loved ones. They're not some random person on the internet explaining their own personal feelings about the disease. They are trusted, they're validated and they're double checked and then always in sort of plain written language. They might have an online presence where all that information is there on the internet. They might also have uh, videos, DVDs, um, other sort of materials that you can use to manage your disease better. So there's a host of practical tips and information that you can get from support groups, whether in printed form, online, or at actual physical events where they might give practical demonstrations of breathing exercises or techniques 
or other resources that you can use in your day-to-day living to make sure that you are best living with your disease and, and managing its progression. As we have learned so far, information and support is available for taking control when living with pulmonary fibrosis. Melissa, Edith, Ron and Maxine share their thoughts on what's most important. I think the most important aspect in managing my pulmonary fibrosis is one, to keep physically fit, two, to make sure you're getting enough sleep, Um, three, make sure you have the support around you if you can, a good doctor that you have a really good trusting relationship is really important, making sure you're taking care of your mental health and when you need to get help for different things, ask for help. Being grateful for what I've got. I think counting your blessings and thinking, okay, so I can't ride my bike anymore, but I can do this. I can't do any gardening anymore because of my hands, but I can do something else. Always think of an alternative to what you can do. Concentrate on the things you can do and instead of the things you can't. Enjoy life to the full. And try and be as positive as you can, because although it's a horrible disease, keeping that positiveness about you is, to me, very important. Don't look at everybody else's path. Your path will be very different. Focus on what you can do, not what you can't, and just enjoy the time you have and make memories. Life is all about Thank you for listening to this episode of the Journeys Through Pulmonary Fibrosis podcast. This has been the last episode of Season 2. If you enjoyed this episode, then subscribe for free wherever you get your podcasts. There you will also find previous episodes you might have missed. Also, watch out for the new episodes of our upcoming third season. If you have any comments or questions, please reach out to hello at berringer-ingelheim.com.